Hello, 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 everyone. This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. Today, I want to talk about morality and ethics and what is right. See, Oscar Wilde once said morality, like art, means drawing a line someplace. Beyond popular belief, morals and ethics are not the same thing. In many ways, they can conflict with one another, and they have throughout history. What is moral? What is ethics? From Socrates in ancient Greece around 339 BC to Confucius in ancient China around 551 to 479 BC, these terms and theories have been deeply discussed argued and written about in great detail throughout ancient history. And with this talk of moral policing and blurring the lines of what is justice and what is morally right, I felt compelled to define these terms in its most basic terms so everyone could understand without getting too philosophical. And then we can examine why they can conflict in many ways. Morals and ethics are defined differently depending on who you ask or what source you use. But morals are defined in its most simplest form as concerned distinction of principles for what is good and bad, positive and negative, proper and improper, holy and evil. Having good morals is to be considered to be a righteous person, to be a good person by the community with similar morals. The root for morals is mos, which means custom. It is governed by the social and cultural norms. Depending on the culture, many stories within the society can give us moral lessons to live by. Just think of children's books that give us lessons like Slow and Steady Wins the Race and Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover. These moral lessons are taught in Western societies to influence young minds to do things like take your time and get to know someone beyond looks. But what about moral societies as a whole? An example of someone who is immoral can be someone who believes in equality for everyone regardless of race, creed, background, etc. And that sounds great, in my opinion. However, this moral person may appear to be immoral if the other group believes in Equity for everyone over equality because equity appears 
and that group's view more justified because equal outcome is better than equal opportunity. We can say the same thing with religion. A person who follows the Quran, the Holy Bible, or the Torah may seem moral to the proper religious group that they are associated with. However, an atheist or a different religious group from one or the other may see the other group as immoral. In other words, morals depend on who is defining it and what their morals are. Ethics has a similar conundrum as morals when it comes to definition, but much more complex. Although ethics can be defined by who is defining it, it it holds more truth to the individual than the group. Ethics is how one holds themselves accountable for. In other words, ethics can be more individualized than morals. The root word for ethics is ethicos, which means character, and therefore is a response to a specific individual or situation. An example of this is integrity, which falls under ethics. And I define integrity to my middle schoolers as in, as this. Integrity is doing what is right when no one is looking. But what is right? What is just? And this can go back to moral values. And I can write an entire book or create an entire podcast on the philosophy of morals and ethics. But in the simplest form, these, and the simplest thing I can tell you is, in the end, these questions need to be answered by you, the listener. In truth, as dangerous as this sounds, there is no right or wrong answer that you can come up with. But if you need an example of what is right and what is just, if you need one, from someone that, like myself, I, I'll give you this. Can you do an action and then look in the mirror, smile, be proud of your actions without the acknowledgement of others? Can you do something that will make someone else that you have an absolute no benefit of helping and make their lives easier? Look in the mirror smile and again no acknowledgement from others no social media no tweet none of that when we value certain morals over ethical actions a conflict can arise worse this is usually a result and deaths or oppression of other groups of people, according to history. A moral value in Nazi Germany was the extinction of the Jewish population. How high was that priority of these moral values? Well, 
towards the end of the war, when the Allies were pushing closer to Berlin, they withdrew troops to the concentration camps and tried to expedite the murder of their prisoners rather than reinforcing their fighting force. Think about that for a moment. If you're a commander of an army, would you rather try to win the war or at least push back the invaders or exterminate a particular group of people who are not even combative? Your answer will determine your moral compass. Furthermore, morals can change over time or become immoral by the next leader of the community. This is the dangers of moral policing. And moral policing in history usually begins with religion, unfortunately. Ooh, excuse that background noise. Many assume it began with the Spanish Inquisition, uh, with the Inquisitors. But you would actually be mistaken. Any form of regulation due to morals, in many ways, is moral policing. And regardless of your current religious belief, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and people that refuse certain beliefs within the Jewish religion at the time, um, it was, this was an actual practice. Um, and Jesus Christ was an actual person, according to historians, so including the, within the Muslim community. So for those that think that I'm going on a tantrum, I'm not. This We're talking about history. It is in the book of Matthew within the Christian Holy Bible that claimed that the, the Jewish community, the, Israel, uh, the Israel's, Israelis um, were given a choice to either release a convicted murderer and punish Jesus or let Jesus go and allow the crucifixion of the murderer. Well, Many people already know the end result of that decision. And that was, that was an example of moral policing. Because he was preaching a certain way that was not allowed. In Islamic history, during the, the Manah uh, period. Now, to all my, my um, Arabic and Muslim uh, listeners, I and sincerely and deeply apologize if I say the names wrong. Um, it's it's not intentional at all. Uh, but Abside Caliph Al-Manmanan uh, instituted punishment, imprisonment, or death unless religious scholars conform to a new doctrine. I believe it was called the Mu'tazila. Um, doctrine, which was a, it's a specific ideology or denomination within the Muslim religion. The point is, one group instituted punishment, imprisonment, or death to these scholars unless they conform to a new denomination. And I'm simplifying this. That's an example of moral policing because they felt it was a moral duty. Then there was the Spanish Inquisition that I mentioned earlier, in which the Catholic Church led to the, I believe it was around 32,000 people approximately, which historians still debate it may be significantly more. 
Nevertheless, this form of moral policing is only a small example of the global history of moral policing. It did not take long for the Americans to begin their forms of moral policing within colonies and later throughout the states. An example of moral policing in American history would be the Salem Witch Trials. In 1692, Puritans began a series of witch trials due to immoral activities that were being reported. Now, the history shows that and suggests that the original immoral activity began with two young girls. Historians suggest an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. The doctor diagnosed them as being sick with bewitchment and evidently blamed the 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 slave uh the um the slave with that was taking care of the two girls <laughs> there has been also documentation of adulterous affairs that involved widows or young married women with leaders of the puritan community however it later expanded to women who refused sexual advances from other Puritan men and accusations from jealous married women. The moral value of the Puritans, which actually the name itself, for those that are unaware, was more of an insult than it was a uh, privilege to to name um, because they were considered pure by the uh, by England, like they, and it was more of a sarcastic remark and a sarcastic name. But I'm digressing. The moral value of the Puritans and accusation of people in witchcraft and devil worshiping gave more power to the judges than the citizens. It was also advantageous to know that those that were accused and executed lost their land and the leaders got to redistribute the victim well the accused land and redistribute the way they saw fit this radical form of moral policing didn't require any evidence just accusation there was no repent, no due process. You were simply guilty till proven innocent. The one example of a trial was if the accused declared their innocence, the accused would be tied up and thrown into a lake in which if they drowned, they're innocent. If they floated up, they were guilty. This practice ended abruptly after one year and uh, I believe uh, one year and some months, but a total of 25 people were killed in the Salem witch trials. And this is a small community. So if you look at it in the percentage, it's significant. Moral policing continues uh, and its victims range broadly from former slaves to religious groups. And this is regardless of skin color. When the United States was created with its constitution, the founders created it based on aspects of a just republic. And like most things, and maybe even all things, 
it's more uh, they used they had moral values and they based their moral values on Judeo-Christian views of which is justice, freedom, individuality and equality. However, it is in the 21st century we see a new form of moral policing within critical theory ideology. If you speak out against a particular group or philosophy, you will be chastised and, quote, canceled, unquote. Which usually involves being let go from your job, which may have nothing to do with the situation and be refused basic services that you may need to survive. In other words, your life gets canceled. One can argue that this is more humane than a crucifixion or re-education by force, an Iron Maiden, or drowning. But is this the decision you want for anyone who disagrees with you? If history has any sense of repetition or rhyme, no moral standing lasts and eventually the pendulum swings to the other direction. And if you do agree with moral policing and the pendulum swings both ways and it's proven in history that it does, what innocence would you profess when you are next to go on a cross or see the chains that will bind you when you're by the lake. How does this relate to critical thinking, you may wonder. The, surprisingly a lot. Despite the facts you find, the conclusion, judgment or results needs to be ethical and honest, even if it may be against your very moral beliefs. If you see a conclusion that you did not agree with, if you discredit or ignore your findings because it did not fit your morals, you have failed the science and in critical thinking. It is as simple and harsh as that. Many social scientists in academia, do this very thing. If the study does not fit their moral values, many of them scrap the study or worse, exclude conflicting premises and evidence so that the conclusion fits their moral judgments. Critical thinking avoids the possibility of moral policing because it will gather facts prior to making the judgment. Guilty to proven innocent is not a critical thinker because it goes against the very nature of the logical thinker. We need the premises to be true, factual, and relevant prior to making judgment. All men are cheaters because John is a man and he cheated is not good logic. And for those that did not hear my first episode, I go into deeper details on this. What I gave you an example of is inductive reasoning, but I digress. The same can be said about religion, ideology, sexual orientation, race, and moral beliefs. In other words, 
regardless of your background and moral beliefs, remember your ethics. Morals deal with the ideals of what is right and wrong, while ethics deals with what is good and what is evil for the individual. It is vital to be able to look in the mirror, smile, and be proud of doing what you feel is just and right without any outside acknowledgement. Because if you need that reassurance from another, you may need to rethink your ethics and your values. So I leave you with this. Examine your own moral values. Think about your ideas of how others should be treated, your work habits, and your ideas of what makes a strong-minded human. Is it a positive force that you that your loved ones may benefit from? How about strangers? If it is positive, are you following those values? If not, why not? And I encourage you to write down a list of your moral and ethical values and highlight the ones that you follow on a daily basis. Now, look at the ones that may not be highlighted and begin to think of ideas of what you can do to live by those goals. Because if we can do that as a society, the world will be a much more beautiful and positive place. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week.